Welcome to the County Pulse Podcast, where we take the pulse of Kankakee County and beyond and talk with our friends, neighbors, and movers and shakers. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the County Pulse and drop a follow. Now let's get this thing started. I'd like to welcome to the County Pulse podcast, Jim Byrne. Jim's a guy who wears many hats, uh, including he's a Kankakee County board member in District 23. He's the chairman of the Kankakee County Libertarian Party. And as well, he's, he's a uh, co-host uh, in the morning show on AM 1320. So uh, welcome to the show, Jim. Hey, Jeff. Thanks so much for having me on. Congratulations yeah. on the new podcast. Yeah, you know, one of the reasons I started this is because I was having some problems, medical problems, and uh, unfortunately it forced me into uh, retirement, and, uh, you know, I've got some medical stuff I've got to go through. So it's hard when you're dealing with those type of things of how are you going to, you know, keep your mind clear. And I think sometimes when you're inflicted with a serious illness, it changes your paradigm and the way you look at stuff. And I've been thinking about this for quite some time. Of course, with work, I, I couldn't do anything. But I couldn't just sit around here once I got forced into retirement and on disability that I thought about my condition all the time. And I started thinking about all the good things that people do in the world. There's different things that pop up. And my wife's really good about reminding me when things pop up, like, see, there are good people in the world. Because sometimes you can get pretty jaded either through your job or through... Oh, sure different things like that. And so I was thinking, yeah, I want to start this and start it off with folks that I think bring some good to the world, folks that are friends of mine. And Mm -hmm. I think Kankakee County gets a bad name. I think uh, we get overlooked a lot. So part of what I'm doing is just trying to bring people to the table of all political stripes, all different views on stuff. But there is one common thread that I think often we forget, even though we're different uh, politically and stuff, or we're different races or we're different backgrounds or different communities, is that there's a lot of good things we do. And I think you do a lot of good things. And, you know, I noticed that, you know, when we met, but I was kind of trying to figure out, and maybe you can help me, you know, kind of the history of our relationship and how we met. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't thank you enough again. And, you know, you're one hell of a guy considering you a good friend. And it goes by, if you remember, we met around the time where we, there was the announcement of dire financial issues within the county. And I had just become vice chairman of the county board. And one thing I learned in my professional life, you know, relationships and developing relationships with people and getting to know people as people, friends, and just, and to work through issues, you need to know each other. And it's easy to sit on one side of the table, voice your opinions, but you know what? There's always that middle ground. So I remember this like it was yesterday. We were standing outside the Knights of Columbus Hall where we had that thing. Uh, you, me, and Jerry Cody, we met, and I reached out and I said, hey, I'm you know, new vice chairman. And, you know, we have some, you know, obviously, negotiations and there's other things, but and this has nothing to do with county business, but I like just to get to know you as a person. So remember, we went to Sammy's in Moments and had lunch. Yeah, I do. And I do remember that. that. And that was like how we started our friendship. And through these years, you know, you and I just talked about a myriad of things, not just politics, but, you know, kids, life. You know, we're, you're involved with your, you know, your son with sports, as I am with mine with sports. And, you know, so just over time, we've just become really good friends. And, yeah, are we on the same political side all the time? No. 
but we're also respectful to know that, hey, it's okay to have different opinions and still be friends. Well, and I think, uh, too, that's it's one of the reasons, you know, I think people will be surprised as I go through my list. I've put together my list of folks, and it's kind of, I've done a lot of research on the podcast stuff, and people are like, find your niche and go from there. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the go-to thing today is to take a position politically and then really just try to rant and rave about a particular party that you don't agree with or that you're not part of and just kind of be over the top and you know i'll be honest with you besides what i'm fighting i often find myself just turning the tv off or watching a movie trying to get lost into that um well nowadays you can't i i myself i love being informed and educated but i do this whole with the since march i try to avoid watching any news channel i'll do more reading than i will watching because I'm tired. It's so partisan, and it's even before that. You're right. We all get caught up in a lot of the, especially podcasts and radio shows. Everyone wants to be in a little bubble and just you spout off, and everyone there agrees with you. It's okay to be able to st- sit on a show or do sit amongst your friends or with somebody you know and go, you know what? Oh yeah, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't see it that way, but this is how I feel, and that's great that we both we may not agree, but you know, there's always room for that. And that's where I think we've gotten lost over the last, I know, you know, the last three years have been really polarizing. I think we've gotten like that. I think the 2000 election was the tipping point with all this, but that's just my own opinion. But I think it's been brewing even before that, where it had been a talk radio, 24-7 news cycle, your news channels, and social media, more than anything else, has divided us where it's almost like you can't say you're afraid to say something because if you find yourself on the wrong side of it, you're going to be targeted. And, it, and it's okay to have friends and associate people that may not think all like that's what it should be about. It shouldn't be about, well, I'm going to surround myself with people that agree with me. I don't want that. Well, and I, I was a labor representative for 26 years. You were on the county board. And when I look at folks that I've dealt with across the table, there's some folks that I didn't like, and there's some folks that I did like. There's some folks that I dealt with that weren't directly across the table. But one thing that I found, and it was really more retrospectively after all the stuff went down, that it, you know, not that it wasn't aware of stuff. I mean, one of the things that I was taught. You know, I started my career in the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. And one thing that my mentor taught me was, look, these folks sitting, because he would have a conversation with the labor relations guy from the central uh-huh. region with UPS. And he, he said, you, that doesn't necessarily mean because he sits across the table, they're not your adversaries. They're just in adversarial positions at times. Because he would talk about... You know, when he was a officer in Ohio and they would get done with negotiations and him and the other guy would go out to eat and sometimes drink and get drunk together. And they had a lot of stories together. And it was a while for me to come to that conclusion. But as I as I went through this, what I found was that a lot of these folks that you deal with, one thing you can find is, are they coming from a place of, are they a good person? Are they a person that cares about people? Or are they just a person that's just not a, not, not a very nice person? And, and as this things happened that forced me into retirement and, and my battle is, what I found is I have a handful of people that I used to work with that I still talk to that are really good friends of mine. I mean, we 
cut our teeth together here at uh, at our last organization. But there's a lot of guys and, and gals. In fact, there's a gal that I dealt with for a company here in town uh, that came out of Champagne. She's an attorney. And I didn't really care for her too much when I sat second chair at the first negotiations. And she called me out of the blue after this. Uh, she knew there was something going on because she stopped me in the hallway. I mean, she had a pretty keen eye. She said, are you feeling okay? You don't look very good. And I was just pushing through it. I just thought, well, you know, I got to lose some weight. I got to do this. Yeah. I had no idea. Uh, and she's called me a couple of times. I'm just checking in with you, see how you're doing. And we talk about stuff. And she did that when I was the first chair, once the my regional director left. And you know what I found out? You know, she's got a husband. She's got a kid that's going to college. Mm-hmm. She's one of the good people, right? Uh, and, and I'm not saying good people from an employer's perspective. I'm just saying one of the good people in the world. And I think there's a lot of them. So I think people can get together of all stripes and all communities, uh, in particular in Kankakee County, and at some point put their differences away and say, you know what, what's in the best interest of Kankakee County? Well, I always say county before party. I mean, that's one thing I've always believed. But I've been pra- I always look at things pragmatically. Like when we talk about politics, I tend not to take things overly personal because I understand my view. It's my view, but is it my right? Oh, maybe not. Maybe I feel I am. But that's not meaning that someone may have a differing view that isn't right. They may be right, too. Because I think at the end of the day, all of us have a common goal, and and that's what this podcast is about, a common goal of making Kankakee County better. And really, for me, is when people listen to say, hey, I know a little bit more about Jeff, I know a little bit more about Jim or different folks like that. You know, it's going to be a wide spectrum of people that are here that do a lot of good stuff, whether it be in politics or whether it be in sports or high school sports or travel sports uh, or just advocating for things that they believe in. There's a lot of people that I think need to have kind of a reawakening of, we talk a lot about, let's go back to yesteryear. Let's go back to the way it was. One of the ways we talk about going back to yesteryear is we've got to be that then. We've got to be the people who say, hey, you know, we do have differences, but you know, to be honest with you, we have about 95% of the things that we have that are in common, right? Uh, we, we love our Almost kids. Definitely. We love our mm-hmm. family. We love all that stuff. So uh, I'm just glad that you're on the show. Let oh, me ask you a question. Yeah. What, kind of what's your history? Where did you grow up at? Were you, are you originally from around here? Nope. I grew up in Naperville and I went to school. I started at Southern Illinois University and ended up at North Central College. And I stayed at Southern. I'd probably still be there with about multiple liver transplants. Right. That's right. <laughs> um, graduated with degrees in political science, sociology. Got out of school. Went to work for Kmart. I started. I was a loss prevention manager. I needed a job. So I was doing loss prevention in college. So I took a job as a loss prevention manager, just trying to figure out, okay, where am I going? What am I going to do? My dad was in the financial industry. And I went to work down there, and I worked on the trading floor till about the Chicago Stock Exchange from 2005. In the meantime, I met my now ex-wife, and we started having kids. And we decided, you know, my, where, where are we going to raise the kids? So, and uh, being in Naperville, she grew up in Bradley and all that. So we ended up moving. I moved here. 
So I've been here since basically 2005. And um, as I started, as the kids got older, I got involved in a variety of things, coaching, baseball, soccer, basketball, football, the Y, park, you know, the park district, barely Bourbon Little League. One boy played, my oldest played at the Bourbon Bears. My middle one played at the Bradley Lions. Uh, my youngest isn't really into sports too much. Uh, he plays basketball here and there. I coached him. So I tried to be, and I got active. I started, like, I guess you want to get on to how I got to where I'm at. When my kids started at St. Joe's and Bradley, and I got on the school board. And through there, I met some people. And I guess, you know, you start talking to people. They figure, oh, you're interested in politics. And I ran into a county board member who asked me, you know, would you ever think about doing it? I didn't realize it was that easy or whatever. I never really gave it my, I wanted to, it always entered my mind to do something, but I'm always a big believer in it. I mean, everyone should have an opportunity to do what they can to help their community. I agree with that. You're kind of like me. I mean, and my wife says all the time, she's like, every time you end up going somewhere, it's like someone else says, Hey, uh, would you like to do this? And she says, yeah. you have a hard time saying no. And, and sometimes that's. <laughs> yeah, I'm with, that's exactly, my girlfriend now says the same thing. But she'll go, geez, why do you do this? And it's like, I go, you know, or, you know, she's not real political. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, I have a hard time saying no. I mean, if I can try to help somebody, I will. I don't expect anything out of it. I didn't get into it for that. I mean, I look at myself as a part-time temporary worker as a county board member. And I've always been interested in politics. I didn't grow up in an, my immediate family. My mom, dad, my brothers are friends. My dad's a little bit, but it wasn't like politics. He talked about it. Now, my dad's side of the family from the uh, south side of Chicago is extremely political. Uh, my great-grandfather was a city clerk of Chicago at one point, state senator, state rep. Al Gorman was his name. And my whole dad's whole side of the family on the south side are heavily Democrat. We may not see eye to eye on things, but that's where... Maybe I learned a lot about, you know, it's okay to have differing views and still love each other. When I worked on the Chicago Stock Exchange, I got to meet a lot of political figures and be around them and learn from them and just learn how they are. And I mean, all different sides of the political spectrum. You know, it, gave me, it really was interesting to me. And I, again, I never, ever thought I'd be in the position I'm in. I, never, I thought, well, you know, it, you only sit there and watch election night. You know, boy, that'd be cool to be on the, you know, like in a campaign, no matter how small, village board, village trustee, county, or whatever. And I never really thought I'd be in this position, to be honest with you. So you're on the county board now, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you're in District 23. Yep. District 23, which encompasses majority of my districts in Bradley, up at like the Route 50 corridor by CSL, the Uncle Leo Apartments, Marquis Meadows, and then I've got uh, Red Birds and uh, Birch's trailer power, slight little small part that's over in Bourbon A by Kroger. Okay. Does that keep you pretty busy dealing yes. with your constituents and stuff? Yeah, I, I like to make myself as accessible as possible. I'm mean, pretty visible on social media. I've had people reach out to me. I mean, I've been times Saturday night, I'll get a call or get a message on Facebook. Hey, we have an issue here. Could you? I'll be Saturday night. I, a person got a hold of me who lived in Birches with some lighting issues, and they were having difficulty dealing with the people that own it. So that was my juror that's unincorporated. So I Saturday night, I'm work, helping, trying to help get information so I can help them. And that took multiple weeks. You know, again, I, we don't work for political parties or people in a certain higher office. We work for the people. So, I mean, my neighbors know they can knock on my door. Um, I don't know if people remember the cupcake law. 
that started with a simple knock on my door for my neighbor across the street. Right. And that's how it all started. I mean, local government is where you make the most impact. I feel, you know, you're never going to get congressmen on the phone. You're never, even at the state rep level and state, it's tough because they just, they're dealing with a much, much bigger demographic where myself and like a village trustee, we're right in your neighborhood. You know, we're home. The numbers on the, the contact us are our personal cell phones. Right. It's not like we have offices. I don't have an office. I don't have a staff. I mean, it's just me. And that's what, it, that's where really what I like about it. And that's where it's like, well, would I ever want to do something more? I don't know, but I'm happy doing this. And it, and I consider it 24 seven. There's no business hours because, you know, not everybody has a nine to five job. They may work third shift. They may not be able to get hold of you until 10 o'clock on a weekday morning. Well, that's our role to be available to them. Politics, you know, as you know, it, it can be one rewarding two, it can be a lot of work. But it also can be, you don't get a lot of respect with it. So It can be very nasty. It can be very nasty. So why do you stay involved in public office, especially with the way politics treats people? Been asked that a lot. <laughs> um, I, you know what you learn, and this is my, from my time on the trading floor, I learned a lot from being an institutional floor broker and NASDAQ trader that, like we talked about, you know, being able to be pragmatic. You know, you'd be sitting there during the day, business time, you're fighting for what you want. You're fighting for what a price on a stock. You know, you're working in order, you, you got screwed. But at the end of the day, you can go out and have a beer with the next, that guy who you're maybe battling with. You, you don't you develop thick skin. And I, I talk to people who want to run for office, I go, let me tell you, you're getting 50% of people are going to maybe like you, the other 50 are going to hate because that's just what it is. And there are days where you wonder, why am I doing this? I mean, you're doing it because you want to help. I mean, if you're doing it for money, then you don't need to be in it or anything else or even self-serving interest. You don't need to be in it. I just, if I can, at the end of the day and I'm done, I can say, well, I hope I made a little impact, a little bit of help to somebody or at least guided somebody to get some help or work on something that helped them progress in what they were looking to do. But, um, man, there are days where you question, especially nowadays with social media, it's because people, you know, they're not in front of you. They're on the keyboard. They're keyboard warriors. It's easy to sit and criticize somebody when you're, you know, 15 miles away, name call and all that. Cause, and I also realize too, majority of people that are doing it, they don't know me, the person. They just see county board member and maybe a Facebook post or that's about it. I mean, they don't know who I am. They don't know I'm a father of three. I coach and I have a career. And, you know, I guess a life outside of all that where I like to do things and probably have similar interests to them. But maybe just because of the role I'm in, they just agitated because they don't like government or don't like people in office. But I realized that, that, yeah, you're not going to make everyone happy. And been on since 2011, so nine years of doing it. Early on, yeah, you, you can be sensitive because you're not used to it. But as you get, progress and get longer, you're on, you start realizing you're not going to make everyone happy. And yes, people are going to call you names. They will say things. They'll call, accuse you of things. They'll do all sorts of things. And that's just, unfortunately, the nature of the beast. And like, I, you know, I've talked to many people who have interest in running for office. And I'm upfront and honest. And a lot of them have said, uh, no, that's not for me. Yeah, it can be pretty cutthroat, you know, as well as some other jobs. So I'm not saying sure, that, sure. That, that it's oh, the only one. But, but I mean... You know, it's it's one thing if your job is cutthroat because it pays your bills. Being yeah. on, you know, being on the county board is not like, hey, you know, I've hit pay dirt and now I can just sit back and 
um, raking in the dough, right? So you mean the, you mean the, when I got my W two from the county? You mean the twenty two hundred bucks I made last year? Right. It's a hard thing, I think, for folks to really understand, and it's not uh, it's not all gloom and doom, but it's certainly not no. not glamorous. So how do you get? You know, talking about that stuff, um, District 23, um, yep. uh, you've been in since, you said, 2011? Yep, March of 2011. Now, would you say that area was not a, because I think you started out as a Republican, right? So yep. mm-hmm. you, that was, was that not a Republican area? Was that more of a Democrat area or was that? How I think about- it- I think at one time it was slanted towards Democrat, but you know, and I when I would walk my district, I talk, I may be I may have an R in my name, but I have to have that or an L or a D even. That matters only at one time when it's election time. As a representative, I represent everybody. It's not, and it's my message to the people in my district. And I have neighbors that are Democrat, Republican, and I'm like, I represent all of you. I don't look at it as if I were the Republican or Democrat libertarian representative that, well, I, well, if you don't agree with me, I'm not going to listen to you. And yeah, the district is now, I, the district, I would call it very centrist, very center. There, I, I don't, it's not right. Like, for example, Trump won in 2016, but the libertarian candidate did very well. And, but we had Democrats so strong in that district that also. So the voters in my district tend to look at the person and who they vote for than it is straight party. And I, so I've seen over the last few election cycles, when I look at the numbers from the county clerk's office, that it's not necessarily about party, it's about the person, which is how I believe it should be, that people are doing their homework when they vote. They aren't just going into the voter voting booth. Well, I'm just going to go boom, 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 DR, 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 whatever. So the district itself, you know, has evolved also. I where I live it, it, now, my neighbors have been there for a long time, but in the, the blocks around, I notice more and more younger families moving in. And obviously, when you have older people, you know, the dynamics changing. Uncle Leo apartments—they're great there, and there's a wide older demographic, and it's great. I mean, it, and you get you know, Birch is a whole other. Dem- I mean, again, it's a very diverse district, but it's a district also. Of huge sales tax revenue. I mean, we had a lot of retail in my district. We have CSL bearing in my district. And so we, unique where we have the biggest pharmaceutical expansion in the world, but yet have suburban style, you know, subdivision. We have senior living. We have a trailer park. So a little bit of everything. We have, you know, in my district, it's very, probably one of the most diverse districts in the county, if not the most. Now, does your area also cover over into uh, Menards and stuff like that? Because is, is yep, that... that's in my, that's in my di- that is in my district. Okay, and so does that go across the road then to the Myers and stuff like that, or is that cut right down that line? This is in my district, Meyer. That's all. My border is North Street to the south. Then I go up to the railroad tracks beyond, like where CSL is. Then. Um, for as far north as armor and then it sort of goes up through the birches into that little neighborhood on the other side of the tracks okay yeah that's where like 57 is a border like my neighborhood bumps bumps up to 57 so like north and 57 would be the border cutoff 
So your political affiliation, I guess you could use that term, is is libertarian yep. now. Yep, and um, I'm the chairman of the Kankakee Libertarian Check. Okay, and so at what point uh, did you switch from your previous uh, political affiliation and become a libertarian? I've always been libertarian-minded. When the day I was sworn in, I told the journal, I'm a libertarian, I'm a Ron Paul Republican. Ron Paul's sort of one of the high, you know, he's thought of highly of in the libertarian realm. But I was getting very frustrated with the GOP on a number of issues and a number of stances. So I made contact with some people. I researched and locally and found out if there was anybody in the county that was in the same mindset as me politically. And we, a few of us met at Eurelio's in, a, in the fall of 2016. We formed a chapter. We moved forward, we formed, we got state certification, but we weren't full party status. We were just basically, I, the Libertarian Party is not a recognized party in the state of Illinois. So I couldn't officially be a Libertarian. But, you know, everyone in the Republican Party knew where I was. I never held back my beliefs and where I stood in the, with the party, and it ruffled some feathers. I, I'm a pro-choice. I'm not, I'm not, I'm far from being a far right winger. Let's just put it that way. Not that I don't respect people's thoughts. That's fine. That's what they want to believe in. I'm more center. I mean, civil, you know, gay right, and gay marriage. I, it, it, as long as you're had, two people are happy, they should be married. They let them be, let them have the same privileges as you know, heterosexual couple. So then, fast forward to 2018, we achieved full party status. We uh, one of our statewide candidates got five percent of the vote in Kiki County. We became full party, which enabled me then to become an official Libertarian board member. So I'm one of the few, if not the only county board. Actually, I'm the only county board member in the state of Illinois that's libertarian. It's even in Wikipedia. Yeah, I think the Libertarian Party is a party that has a whole host of different thoughts that people will be surprised, both from the issue pro-choice, gay marriage, stuff like yeah. that. There's We're other socially moderate, socially liberal, but very fiscally conservative. We're more small government. Live your life how you see fit. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, you know, as long as no one's getting hurt, you're not breaking any laws. It's your right to live as you how you see fit, not government or anyone else, a church or anyone. I want to live the way I want. It shouldn't be anyone else telling you. But yet we're also for small government, limited government in, in the free market. The government shouldn't be picking and choosing winner, winners and losers. At the same time, we are against corporate cronyism. We're against the government propping up corporate entities or any kind of. Pro- if a business, if you're a, if you're a business or you're in an industry, you don't you shouldn't have government propping you up. You know, again, we're sort of in the. I guess you could say we're in that broad middle between now what is considered the far left and the far right. We're sort of that. I call it the happy middle ground, where you're maybe you're old time softer Democrats, old school liberals. You know, and then your old school Republicans who aren't far right or overly socially conservative would we'd probably be there. That would be a mix for them. That's yeah. where a lot of us all came from. I mean, I, there are members of the Libertarian Party from the Democrat Republican Party who are basically like you, you know, we're classical liberals, and it's it's a, it's your same dynamic. Now, uh, you know, as you you've been there. Uh, nine years at the county mm-hmm. board. Um, during that time, when you can look back, you know, I've, I've looked back since uh, I'm no longer with the organization I'm with 
or in, in the movement that I was with um, and try to really think about some of the personal and professional obstacles I had to overcome, you know, yeah. some of it while I was in office, right? Some of it while I was just a staff person. What are some personal and professional obstacles that you had to overcome while you were in office? Well, when I first got in, again, when you get in there, you sort of sit back, get the lay of the land. That's how I am with anything, even with my professional, if you get a new job. Um, a lot of the obstacles was, you know, obviously you have a few strong personalities and agendas and maybe people calling the shots who shouldn't have. There were a lot of some obstacles because I know the background of the Kankakee County government. And, you know, you have a few, you know, you have a chief that tries to be controlling. It seemed at first, I mean, that's, you know, again, it, the board, the board should be made up of independent-minded people and not be afraid to speak up. Not saying that people weren't that way, but there were some controlling interests that, you know, you better stay in line. You know, we're not telling you how to vote, but this is the direction we'd like to see it go. That's evolved. And I guess, I mean, myself, i one of those people, and I even came aboard, hey, I'm, I'm independent. I, I'm not going to sit and take orders. From people I, you know, I don't consider my bosses. My bosses are the people. And as other members started joining, you sort of get comfort in numbers when you're one of the few. It's sometimes it's hard to speak up. You know, as much it sounds that sounds like a sort of a wimpish thing to say, but especially when you're new, you gotta, you know, you're new. You don't want to. Maybe I don't know the whole thing. As I look back on it now, the first year or two was very much just learning and getting the layland who's what. Then you start opening your eyes to things. And then you start talking to fellow board members and you realize you're on the same page. And you're like, well, what's stopping us from stepping up? So myself and a few others stepped up and I, I like to think we rocked the boat and we made some positive changes in the meantime. I can only imagine, and I'm certain it's in, you know, it, it can go either way, whether it's uh, uh, when you talk about main kind of the main affiliation of parties, one side or the other control. You see it, you hear about it uh, from yeah, a distance. You hear about and, state level. I think that's the federal. I mean, I always think, God, if it's like this at the county level, what's yeah. it like at the federal or state level? My goodness, I couldn't uh, even imagine. And I know, uh, at least in the state level, I've, you know, I've had some discussions with some folks about uh, different party stuff. It's hard for me where I come from. I mean, I was an advocate for workers for 26 years. And when we started out, I was, you know, we took over a Teamster local that was the most powerful local in the in the country. And it was mobbed up and they'd stole our pension money and everything. And so you didn't talk out at those meetings. I mean, th this is typical you would see on TV. If someone got up at a meeting to say something, yeah. there was someone behind you putting their hand on your shoulder saying, I don't think that that would be wise to say that. And if you did, you, you, you spent some time out back and, and they took care of you. Um, well, you, go and, 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 you know, yeah, you get called to the dog, up to the woodshed or doghouse. And we had some, you know, a couple people who were, one in particular was very domineering and, you know, you got to fall in line. And yeah. that's sort of where it was at at one point. And luckily we've evolved and we're no longer like that. Uh, the county government right now, in my opinion, is running, you know, we've had our ups and downs. Nothing's ever perfect. There's per in, it, in any environment where people are working with each other, yes, you're going to have personality conflicts and it's not always kumbaya. But I do say, and this is something I've always said from being on the county board, and again, back to what you and I, how you and I are friends. You know what? They're Democrats, Republicans, well, now Libertarian. 
we all work together and we're all in it for the right reason. Now, there's always been a couple here and there early on that you wonder what was their main objective or sometimes you question some motives. But for the most part, everyone works together with the common cause. Hey, let's do the best we can for the people of the county. What's best for the county? And that's what it, I always tell people, like when they ask, what's your best thing, favorite thing about it? Was that the obstacles, personal agendas, egos. Um, oh, it always aggravates me, and it does happen from time to time, not as much as it used to. God forbid you talk to a certain person that wasn't in your little group, you know. I mean, I I came out as Republican member, vice chairman of the county board. I publicly endorsed Jim Rowe, our Democratic state's attorney. I introduced him at his in 2015 at his uh, announcement. And the next day, I got a phone call and they were, the, from the chairman of the party. I'm saying, oh, they they want you out of the party again. Back to that that those obstacles. That's and there are people that still to this day. I mean, we're talking five years later that yep. still have a hard time with me. I didn't go lockstep with the party. No, and I, I think, you know, as, as you're talking, Jim, I think part of what, what I've thought about a lot is as I go through this podcast and I think about county, you know, the county and county government and stuff, mm-hmm. forget heads, forget looks, forget positions. You know, I think when I look at the county, folks I can count that I consider friends or that, that I value their opinion and think they're doing right. It's a, it's a broad spectrum. Andy Wheeler, Republican, Mike Downey, a Republican, Jim Rowe, a Democrat, Lori, Mm -hmm. Lori Gavois, a Democrat, uh, Jim Byrne, Mm -hmm. a Libertarian. All good good people except that last guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Libertarian. You're right. So when, when you think about that, it's a whole wide range of, and I'm sure that there are folks, uh, whether they're Democrat, Republican, or Libertarian like yourself, that I don't agree with on everything. Sure. But and that's w- perfectly fine. But one thing I do know is that, and, and we've had breakfast together, we've talked together, oh, yeah. we've had lunch together at different times, uh, we've had mm-hmm. phone calls, you know. We've, we've even shared a few, a few cold drinks together. That's exactly right. And... You know, it's one of those things where it's like, this is a good person. And so when you think about where you're at, and I know this sounds kind of cliche-ish, but the question is, with my relationship and, and my view, I should say, with with folks at the county board, are those views and those relationships half full uh, or are they half empty? And they're clearly more than half full. But I look at all the advantages that I have in those relationships of dealing with somebody who is a nice person, somebody I can I can call on, someone I can talk to, someone I can just BS with. We can talk about kids. We can talk about grandkids. We can talk about a me and different other things. And we don't even get to the point of disagreements. And I think that's, or areas of disagreement, I think that is where this podcast wants to bring, you know, the, the goal is, is to spark that discussion to be able to say, hey, this is a really hard issue for me. I don't agree with this position on this, same with the other person you deal with, but what's that big void in between that we do have all these agreements? And we spend, I think it's human nature, Jim, we yeah. spend oh, a, 
a ton of time. I mean, you could have a hundred people talk to you today. Ninety nine of them would say something positive. To you one person would say negative, and I guarantee you the majority of people would come back and talk about that one person that's negative. That is such an amazing thing, you know. It's an interesting dynamic when you think about human nature. No one. You know, it's easy to sit and talk negative because it seems like more people are more apt to bring focus on the negative. You could go out and do, like you said, and I agree. And I'm, I love the fact you're doing these podcasts and having so many different people on about a variety of different topics locally because people need to know hear what's going on and be educated. A lot of good people out there. But back to the point was it's easy to focus on negative because no, no, it seems like no one wants to focus on the positive because it's just how our maybe the, our, our minds are made, our minds are wired. But yeah, you can do a hundred things and then you do the hundred and first and it didn't work out. That's all you're remembered for, or that's all the people focus on. And back to being in politics or government, unfortunately, that's what they focus on. Because if you're doing good, I, I mean, I like to think we're doing some pretty good things in the county. What you'll hear is, well, that's what you should be doing anyways. But yet they don't, they forget at times, well, you know, there was a time not too long ago where it wasn't that way. I mean, I'm not one to say I need my, my ass kissed or but it's nice to know that at least people are realize there are positive changes going on and then of course you have one little glitch or one thing happened no one's going to do everything right 100 percent of the time but that but then again that one time or a couple times maybe something happened that's all they zero in on social media doesn't help either and locally social media is very toxic at times Here's what I've found about social media. Uh, you know, I'm slowly weaning myself off, but what I've found is that if I see something and it's even more and more uh, as you get on it, it doesn't have to be a controversial thing, but something negative has to pop into that. So I tend not to read comments because I'll be honest with you. I think Everybody has always had the right to their opinion and they've had a right to their discussion. Yeah. The yeah. problem is, is social media, use Facebook example, uh, Twitter too, but, uh, and I guess probably I'm Instagram. Facebook so. and LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. That's it. Yeah. And, but I think what happens is it gives people that forum to be able to say, Hey, I've got an opinion and I'm going to tell you all about it and I'm going to amplify awesome. my voice and I'm going to make sure that. I get that out there and then, and, and you know, as well as I know, you know, the social media thing is not new. You can have all the discussions, good, bad, or indifferent. People aren't going to critically think through that particular issue. They're not going to walk through it. It's going to be because there is a, a lazy side of people where well, virtual beer muscles, right? You know, they, they, you know, they, they, okay, I don't have to worry about it. I don't, I don't look at the guy in the eyes or person in the eyes. I'm, I can say what I want. You have a lot of bomb tossers. They'll, they'll initiate something. They'll incite people because you have, there is a group of, a small group of people that do that. One in particular person that does that very well, where they'll throw something out there and they know all they have to do is throw it out there, throw the bomb in the room, and that'll get everyone going. And that's what makes it so toxic. And, you know, while I'm sitting here on my phone, I'm never going to see that person, so screw them. I'm going to tell them what I feel. Right. If you were sitting somewhere in a public venue and you're sitting there talking to them, would they really say those things? I always wonder that. You know, because yeah. I've been called every name in the book. I've been called this and that, accused of this and that. Would you really say that to me in my to my face? And again, back to the, do you even know me? I mean, 
You know anything about me, but yet you're casting judgment on me. And I get it. It comes with the elected office. I've talked to people, like I said before, I've talked to people who want to have an interest. I go, here's what you got to prepare yourself for. And there are a lot of people who do pay attention to social media who have told me, God, I'd love to run sometime, but no way am I putting myself in the middle of that. I would have a very hard time being that person because it would, for me, you know, the last five years and people always ask me, I always just say I'm in, I was in conflict resolution, but the last five years was, was mostly conflict. I wasn't the type of person if I was bargaining contract and somebody was offensive to me or to people on my side that I just took it. I had to say it and I had to say it very clearly that people understood now good, bad or different. That's just the way it was. And so in politics, I, I don't think it would be beneficial to be that person. But the problem is people would get on, you know, people could get on social media and then you got to walk in a, a room and you know that that particular person over there, whether it be a county boardroom, whether it be a, a restaurant or a bar or whatever, and there's that person there. And the first thing you think is, man, I don't like that guy. Uh, I don't like that gal. And the problem is, is that it's already set up a biased and that person's allowed themselves, in essence, to have that bias thrown on them because they've started something without really even knowing, like you said, yeah, they don't they know you. Yeah, they a chance to get to know the person. I mean, there's people I've debated with, and, you know, I'm like, and I always say, you know what, instead of being on Facebook, well, before we were alive, before we could still go out, I said, you know, I'll meet you for a cup of coffee, a beer, whatever. I'd rather talk to you face-to-face. -face. We, we used to talk, Jim, and, and this sounds kind of crazy, but it was true way back before I got started. But those type of discussions, when you have those discussions, they allowed everyone to put, and this is where the analogy comes from, to put the guns and the knives on the table. And it's that much harder uh, using guns and knives as yep. an analogy of a sharp tongue and and getting jabs in at people, it's that much harder than to go back to your forum and start doing that because then they start going, you know, he, he's really not that bad of a guy. We don't take that extra step, uh, and that's what I'm hoping we start doing, is taking that extra step to know people because I think, you know, and I see this a lot. I see a lot of bombarding of just generically Kankakee County, you know, okay, I'm glad I moved out of Kankakee County. Oh, Kankakee County, Kankakee County. And I, I like Kankakee County. I grew up here all my life. So I, I like it. I want to be here. I, I choose, I choose to live here. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, and I, and I, you know, I mean, it's like anywhere else, you know, there's always a plus and a negatives, but I, the people here, like, you know, back to, you know, your pocket, you're bringing good people on and, there are good people here, but it doesn't mean they're all on social media touting it. And the problem is you have a large vocal minority on social media who people think, well, that, that place is nuts. Well, yeah, there are people on there that, yeah, you didn't know any better, but there are a large population of people in this county who are damn good people doing a lot of good things that people don't hear about because they're not out touting it on social media. But yep. then you get these crazies on these Facebook pages who feel the need to be narcissistic and have to, have to tout what they do, but yet think everyone else should be the same way. There are people doing things, good things, but they're not out bragging about it. But I think that's 
And that's leading me into my next question. I think people are less likely to be able to say, hey, I'm out doing something good today and promoting what they're doing. Uh, And I think that's unfortunate. If you're doing something good and you're in a a sphere of negativity, I think it's important if people spent the amount of time talking about the good things they do rather than talking about somebody else, you would be surprised at how that would change things. And I'll give you one quick example before I go to my next question. You wake up in the morning. I I find this true, especially during this time when when you're home a lot. You wake up in the morning and that sun is shining through the window and you get up and, you know, I wake up and I'm like, you know, no matter how I'm feeling, right, whether I've got enough oxygen or, you know, or I've got to put oxygen right away on or I'm physically just wore out, I feel like mm-hmm. I can accomplish anything. You wake up and it's cloudy, it's cold, it's kind of nasty. It changes things and it's a mindset. And so the more you talk about positive things and the more you we talk about things, the more the image of Kankakee County changes. And then what happens through that, I think it's just a natural progression of how do we start working to make sure economically, you know, we get back to where we need to be. And even beyond that, where we get back to, hey, this is a county I want to live in. I mean, it's not uncommon anymore for people to say, hey, I work in Chicago, but I'd like to live south. I'll live in Kankakee. People will drive that if they're working downtown, that's 60 miles or whatever. But they're not going to drive that. They're they're not going to drive that, right? If, you know, let's do some research in Kankakee County and kind of find out they think it's the armpit of the world. And it's just not true. So No, and that's what I mean. There's a vocal minority that if you didn't know any better, you went on social media. Yeah, you could see where people had that mindset like, wow, why would I go there? And that's not everybody. But unfortunately, here, social media is a huge dynamic, whether we like it or not. It creates a away from the computer screen and away from that medium or your your phone screen. It creates a mindset that it makes you angry, it upsets you, it makes you depressed and stuff like that. If every day you got up and read a book about doom and gloom, slowly your mind starts thinking everything's doom and gloom. This is no different than that. Uh, And so talking about some of the good things, let's talk a little bit about, and I do this with every person that's on here, uh, let's talk about what is your favorite charity and why? Uh, American Cancer Association. My mom passed away from lung cancer. Um, Anything I can do to help get the word out, cancer. And I know that's a very generic answer, but Again, um, my mom had scleroderma. That's another organization that, that, you know, saw cause, I guess you can say. So those two, I mean, mean a lot to me. I mean, I watched my mom, you know, get diagnosed 10 weeks later, pass away, and she never got to meet her grandkids. So that means a lot to me, anything I do to help. And, um, you know, if if I have the ability and the way to help anybody, I mean, I guess those are my, you know, if I had to choose a charity, but sometimes you hear things you never even knew existed. And so you try to do what you can to help. We donate time or energy, money or food or whatnot. Well, I had this conversation the other day uh, when I was doing another podcast uh, was asked that question. And we talked about that. And I said, you know, I think people often 
don't think about charities in the right way. I'll give you an example. Um, because of what I'm going through, right? And, you know, we're, we're working through that. Me and Cheryl and the kids are working through that. And, of course, a lot of that's dependent on what some of the hospitals want to do and, and, and things. But we know that the recovery is going to require her to miss significant amount of time. So what we've tried to do is try to watch her, you know, pinch her pennies and different things like that. Well, my sister who lives out in Arizona, Judy, she, uh, you know, she's talked to, you know, people she goes to church with and stuff. And they take care of a, a gentleman in their house who is... I would say Ken's probably 80. He's not in the best health. That's why he's living with him. But he's got a sister who I didn't even know he had a sister. She sends me a, she lives in Indiana. She sends me a text the other night with a partial copy of a check. I don't know her. Never talked to the lady. She's 76 years old. She sends a check to her for me for like 20 bucks. And I'm like, Uh My wife says, see, there are good people in the world, Jeff. And my my point is, is not that I could, you know, not that someone supported me for 20 bucks or I'm looking for handouts yeah. or anything. The fact is, is this is a lady who is 76 years old by herself and thought, what Probably can a big fixed income? Yeah. What can I do? And she, she says, well, I can do this. We can all do something. We can sure. donate time, no, make calls. Yep participate. Not everybody's got to be, you know, go get certified. Some of these places require, you know, 40 hour certifications to be involved into their program and to do different things. You don't have to do that. There are ways that you can do stuff to help with the charities. And and oftentimes, you know, the money is helpful, you know, sure, sure. There's no denying that. I'll tell you from, from my perspective, you know, going up uh, to Mayo Clinic recently, I was thinking about this before the podcast started, like, what's my favorite charity? Well, we stumbled across the place in Rochester, Minnesota, where Mayo Clinic is, and they said, hey, check out the Gift of Life house. Okay, so we'll check it out. So we went there, and, you know, we had to stay up there for a week. We know that we'll be there for at least a month after the transplant. Mm-hmm. That's not cheap. If you're staying in a hotel and it's 70 bucks, 80 bucks, 90 bucks, yeah, 100 okay. But it's a house that was set up by a guy who had went through multiple kidney transplants, and he's expanded that house. He's passed away now. But you go in, um, and it's kind of a community house. You know, you have you, everyone, there's a central kitchen, central eating area. They're big refrigerators like industrial refrigerators. It's a reduced rate, so you don't have to pay pay the full boat. And what it allows is people from all over the country to come and stay in Rochester for extended periods of time that it doesn't drain them financially because you've got this medical emotional condition that you've got to try to deal with. And I'm like, I think I found my new charity. This is it, right? This is really such a valuable. And and I looked around out of all the people that were there, Jim, I was in the best shape of everybody that was there. Uh, there yeah, was working some... in healthcare, I've been to Mayo Clinic, and, you know, you walk around a hospital work, you know, you think, you know, I go, you're going through a lot, man. You're doing, you're showing a lot of strength, and, you know, I obviously thoughts of prayer. I keep you guys in my thoughts all the time, but 
you see some people in pretty bad shape, man. And, it, and like, I'm sure you're getting to the point where it's like, wow, you know, like it's, it's right. So I can't, I, you know, I can't go up there. They got po- folks that come up there and clean. They got folks that come up there and do a lot of stuff. I, I can't do that. That's six hours away. But what I can do is even if it's a buck, even if it's five bucks, even if it's 20 bucks, when we left, uh, we left an extra 25 bucks. You know, we just rounded mm-hmm. it up. And they called and they said about a day after left, hey, we got your payment, but it was $25 too much. We're going to send that back to you. We're like, no, just keep that. You know, we don't need that. So you're donating that? Yeah, yeah we're, we're going to start donating. And they were so gracious to help us um, through that. And my point is, again, it's not... I don't want people to feel sorry for me. I'm just saying when you talk about, you know, the American Cancer Society, when you talk about these different places, the littlest thing you do is a benefit because if everybody did something little, nobody would have to do a lot. And so I think think some people get intimidated, too, because they feel like, well, I have to donate X amount of money. No, like you said, 20 bucks. Not like you've got to go. I mean, again, if everybody did something. It, that, that's significant, no matter what. And you, you know, you'd mentioned about uh, American Cancer Society being kind of generic. Both my parents died of cancer. Both my brothers died of cancer, and so it's something that you know is that really, really hits a lot of people. They and it, oh, I God, think yeah. I, I would be surprised. Anybody that's listening, anybody that you know, I know, or whatever, doesn't know somebody whether it be a family, friend, whatever, then their circle who hasn't been impacted by cancer. Um, if you're that lucky, go buy a lottery ticket. Yep. That's, that's how rare it is. You know, I think, you know, one of my questions was, but I, you know, I think the answer is pretty clear, and it's multifaceted, but w- what's your best tip on making the world a better place, in particular Kankakee County? You know what? I mean, the best world's simple. I mean, be nice. I mean, be be willing to listen and talk to people. You don't have to. I think everybody in the world society, especially in our society here in America, everyone's on edge. You got to be the. If you don't think the way I think, then you know, screw you. I think everybody is lighten up a little bit. Worry about what you can control. You know, don't have to be in everybody's business. Be respectful. Talk to people. Say hi. I mean, I'll be going to the store later today. I mean, I'll walk through, down an aisle and I'll see somebody with the mask on. Hey, how you doing? Sometimes just a smile or a hi. You know, it, it's not that difficult. Just try to be nice. I mean, we're all breathing the same air. We're all here. I mean, I get it. You're not always going to agree on everything, but damn it, just try to get along. I get that's why we trying to make the world a better place by, you know, if I can see some, I see someone, I don't even know. Hey, how you doing? You know, just a simple adder. But in the in the grand scheme of things, I think is. And one thing I've noticed that just the toxicity of some people, and that's maybe there's things going on in their lives we don't know about. But you know what? I you know, we all do. But that doesn't mean I have to take it on someone else, or you know, not that anyone doesn't care. But you know, we're all, we all have bad days. I get it. But just be nice. That's <laughs> I mean, not to sound not to sound you know simple, but that's really it. Well, that's what, what that's what I'm going to do later. Probably when I take my wife to Starbucks, because that you know that's our daily trip or every other day. Uh-huh. We got to get out and stop somewhere, so we're stopping sure. at Starbucks today. So I'll tell that person hi and maybe give them a nice tip. But you know, in this time, that's the. 
the interesting thing is we try to go out and ride around and look around. And even though this is an odd time and there's different thoughts on different things, I told my wife, I said, you know, I'm retired. You know, I want her to retire here in the next couple of years. I said, you know, the good thing is this is good practice for us because neither one of us has killed each other. So uh, that's good practice for, for retirement. But it helps us because we spend some time, you know, I, like we'll drive out to the state park and look around, and it gives us some time. We try to find something positive in everything, some time to appreciate the little things. We look at the, you know, we look at the park. We look at things. We look at houses. We, we go different things. We go down roads we've never been in in Kankakee County and, and out in the middle of nowhere and stuff. And we're like, oh, what a beautiful road, you know. And, and so I try to think, even though it's a pain uh, of what we're going through, I try to think, you know what? I would have never been down that road or I would have never have noticed that if this wasn't going on. So you just got to try to pull some from it. Um, and if, if, if you can do that, at least that helps you during this time, keep your sanity a little bit, I think. Yeah. There's enough positive to focus on. I mean, yeah, it's easy to, well, back to what we talked about earlier, that people think you could do a hundred positive things, just that one extra time you do something bad, everyone focuses on that. Shift the gears and go, not everything's going to go your way. Worry about things you can control. Don't get, try not to get aggravated or angry about things that are out of your control because you're going to drive yourself nuts. And you're going to, I mean, again, you can only, con, you can only control so much of your life and worry, focus on yourself. Not trying to say be selfish, but if you're not happy with yourself, how can you be happy around other people? The key is make yourself happy. Do what you feel is right. And that'll eventually spill over and people will see that. And that makes everyone better. No doubt about it. Well, listen, man, I know you've got a, probably me and things to do. I'm I'm a guy who just yep. sit, I, I, I'm nah, just sitting here big, waiting. Dude, you're a VIP, important person in this area. I'm sure you have got a ton of things to do. Well, this is another thing, like I said, I just picked up. So, we, you know, we've been talking to Jim Byrne. He's a, a good friend of mine, Kanky County Board District member from 23. 23. Uh, chairman of the Kanky County Libertarian Party, and he's also the co-host of the mornings on uh, 1320 AM, which I get to listen to if I get my butt up out of bed in the morning. And, and, I'm glad, glad we have a listener. Yeah, absolutely. So listen, hey, man, it was good talking to you. Thanks for uh, hey, being yeah. on the show, brother. Hey, man, thanks a lot, brother. And hey, thanks, congratulations on the podcast. And, you know, I can't wait to hear all of them. Yeah, well, we're going to get them up. I got them in post-production, and we're going to try to get them up and, and get them to where at least they sound fairly uh, fairly decent. So, Sweet. Uh, and, and once some things open up, we're long overdue for breakfast. That sounds good, brother. Hey, take care, man. Have a good day now. You too. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to the County Pulse Podcast. Make sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The County Pulse. And drop a follow on each so you'll be able to take the pulse of Kankakee County and beyond. And beyond.